0: Hey there, folks. This is your host, Kay Gaffney of Service From Hell, and I'm jumping on at the top to let you know that this is part two of two with Andrea Jones Roy, and let me correct myself, Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy. Dr. Jones-Roy was on last week and this week because they had so many stories to tell and they work in higher education. And boy, do they have some things to say about students. And uh, they're very afraid that they're going to get fired after these two episodes air. So, you know, they may need some, they may really need you to go buy their album or, you know, see them perform somewhere because they may be out of work because of how honest they got. So that's why I'm like, we're going to make this a two-parter. We really appreciate you folks listening. Find Andrea on all the things that will be in the show notes or wherever you're listening right now. So this is part two of two with Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy. Let's get on with the show. How? So we did the how many customer service jobs you had. Which has been your favorite of all of the customer service jobs? think...
1: Lifeguarding was pretty clearly. I thought you were going to say that.
0: That's so funny. Okay. Yeah.
1: When mm-hmm. I first got into it, I someone, some more senior lifeguard, you know, some dude who was three years older than me, but he graduated high school, so we all thought he was an adult, which technically he was. He was like, "This is the best job in the world. You're, you'll see." And at the time, <laughs> I was like, "This isn't that great." And every day, I mean, maybe he just seeded that in my, uh, planted that seed in my brain. But sure. every day since then, i was like, "Lifeguarding was where was that?" You, you know, you're not working nights. You're just sitting outside, everyone's having a good time. You know, one one mom got mad at me because I was like playing like this, she had this like 12-year-old daughter, and we were like jumping off the side and doing cannonballs, and she thought that was irresponsible. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll stop. Yeah. Great. Okay. Thrilled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing you a favor by babysitting your kid, but what on cool. my, you know, when it's not my shift. But uh <laughs> yeah. but at plus at least you, you sh- get to sit in the chair and do the thing with the whistle where oh, you spin it's the whistle good. around. It's so good. And, you just, you're straight out of an 80s movie. It's yes. awesome.
0: Yeah. And people look at you with such reverence, like even your own oh, peers yeah. that are your same age. It's like, oh, that's the cool job. Like, yeah.
1: yeah. You stand up and do the, do you remember the whistle? Adult for, swim. Uh, adult swim. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> it, was so so, it, was it was so good. You had all the power. And then all the kids needed yeah. to get out of the pool. And it was like, man, this sucks. But then you also got to blow the whistle for them to get back in. So it was like this yeah. dichotomy. Yeah. You had all yeah, the power. They
1: would sit and watch and wait for you to stand up. Yep. Yeah. it's great. Okay, so yeah,
0: least favorite of all of the customer service jobs? Teaching. Yeah, sounds like it. I think. And that makes yeah. me sad for you. Yeah,
1: I mean, waiting tables is no joke, as as you have yeah. said, and I'm sure discussed at length on this show, but it's, I don't know why, but it's, I don't know, maybe it was expectations. Like, you go in expecting people to be jerks, and for me anyway, I didn't take it that personally. Sure. Whereas here, it's like, I'm actually trying to share something I care about with you. Like, I'm not just here teaching about some crap. that I don't know. I don't know. It's...
0: Well, and I think it it, it speaks to the sort of heart center of what got you in, like like being able to, you know, discuss things with the next generation and inform them and empower them and make them, you know, feel like there is hope. And then to have them be the ones that are chipping away at your hope, it's an irony that can't really be (laughs) fully
1: explored. And it didn't used to be like that. And that's where I'm like, am I just old and out of touch or... And there's a million reasons that, sure. that these things could could. Have gone. I mean, one of the working hypotheses that I've heard people uh, say is that the you know the pandemic set everyone back emotionally. Mat- you know, in maturation by two years. Oh, they... they so maybe I'm just teaching 16 year olds. I don't know. Well, maybe that's what's going
0: on. They're studying it and they're saying, like, not to... Yeah. not. To, I can't... This isn't my area of expertise, but I've read a handful of articles that are saying that because of the... It was literally arrested development because it, it forced yeah. us to... It's why people keep commenting. I'm sure you've heard this in your circles. I keep hearing this from people like did you have to relearn how to be out in public with people? And I'm still, I still find myself in social settings where I'm like a wash with, get me out of here, get me out of here, get me out of here. I never had that before. It was like, Oh, I want to be out and about and in the mix. And now I'm like, people are exhausting. Like it's a, so we are, I think that there is a piece of it that is that, but also that, you know, we are, you are educating the current participation trophy group of humans. So there is, you know, it's like, it's probably a mix of everything anyway. Okay. Right. So that's your least right. favorite and that's a bummer. What's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst on the clock?
1: Put out a cigarette in someone else's mouth.
0: Oh, I have to know <laughs> the context, please. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> This was in teaching, obviously. So uh, <laughs> It was in the statistics week. I, uh, after my circus, uh, the circus theme nightclub where I worked in Shanghai closed, I was still in Shanghai for another year or so. And so a lot of my fellow performers and I did freelance stuff. And so what that often looked like would be, you know, as I was saying, is sort of a big birthday party or a company dinner. Uh, one thing that's fun is that in China, at least then, this was 2015, 2016, companies could show that they were very fancy by hiring foreigners to dance for them. So there was a specific ask for performers who were white, basically, uh, and non-Chinese, but, but mostly white. There's some serious racism uh, Sounds going like on there it. as well. But, so, but we did it. <laughs> okay. But then we would also get hired by these very rich, very bored people who had these penthouse apartments. And they would host these like, not quite eyes wide shut style, but wannabe. Like no one was like having sex or doing it, but people were like probably going to after we left. And so <laughs> we would get hired. A lot of my friends were burlesque performers. And so I picked up some of that. I'm very bad at it, but I could do it. <laughs> And we put on point shoes and we'd we'd cover our mouths with like a a cloth mask and we'd walk around smoking cigarettes. And they taught me how to put a cigarette out on my own tongue, which basically you you pull a lot of spit in your the kind of like bowl of your tongue and you can put it out there. You just move quickly and it only kind of hurts a little bit. And then you and so we were at one of these things and the main rich dude, he's like, you know, jacked up on all the drugs and all the whatever comes out. And he was like, now put it out on me. And you're just like this. And I mean, there was a point where I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, <laughs> I mean, I did it. He was fine. But it was, it was, you're just like, this can't be, this isn't the plan. <laughs> this ain't it. This, <laughs> this ain't it." The- fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this
0: you're fun. like having a crisis of conscience in the middle of it. Like, well, I'm still going to do this because I was hired yeah, well, obviously, to do this. You know,
1: the show must go on. Yeah. I mean, you know, it must music is playing. We got to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, this, this dude is going to pass. And, you know, and you get paid in China in cash. Uh, it's a very cash-based society in general. We get, you definitely get paid in cash. And their 100 Kwai notes, which are about 20 bucks, are these bright pink bills. And so you kind of get this feeling that you're getting monopoly money yeah. at the end, but yeah. they're really big. And so you just do all this, Crazy fucked up shit, and then they're like, "And here is some pink joke money for you." I mean, it's worth money. It's just the whole thing is so strange.
0: What did Stophie in reality? That's very cool. You'll, yeah. y- you need to write a book. Okay. Uh, I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, you can
1: see I can't focus, but I would love to.
0: Yeah, but your your writing is uh, your Tumblr is crazy good. Like your your writing is Ooh. really really good. Wow,
1: okay. you did your research. My I Tumblr is a deep cut. Did. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, deep dive. Uh, okay, so that's yeah. the weirdest thing you've been asked to do. What's an incident that made them ask to speak to your manager? I guess in this case, I mean, that could be academia. So. I don't know what the equivalent, the dean, I guess, of the school or whatever the like, or if there's a, a managerial mm-hmm. e- entity that got spoken to in any of your jobs.
1: Yeah, the, the teaching one for sure. I, I can't go into a ton of detail on this, but we have, unfortunately, uh, as I said, cheating and um, academic integrity violations, as we call them. And I am the director of undergraduate studies, which means that if a professor in the data science, in any data science course, suspects a student of cheating, They come to me and one other staff member to have a kind of like a hearing where they plead their case. And then we decide if they're guilty or innocent. And then they have the option to then sign the form and accept the punishment or uh, escalate to the dean. And it almost always gets escalated to the dean. So I don't know if that's a, I need to talk to your manager, but they'll be like, thanks, but no. And you're like, I literally caught, okay. I mean, airtight cases. I'm not a lawyer. It's an insane thing to even be doing. But you know, and it's horrible because they come on and they're crying, and they're on a lot of them have been on Zoom, and it's it's horrible. But you look at the evidence, and you're like, well, your 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 answer is identical to this other student, or it's literally you know the code that we told you not to copy from this website, and it's just that you know it's it's we don't we don't we're not you know guilty until proven innocent. We're pretty lenient, but there are cases where you're just like, there's just no way. And as I said, we put in. Some some ways to test where we give out like slightly different assignments. And if they answer it in a different way, we know that they cheated. Like there's just no way you thought of 7.5 as your whatever. So
0: it's interesting. <laughs> no, well, yeah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> want you to have to give away the your the secrets yeah, to the, secrets. the sauce. But yeah. so what is the I guess in in the case of that, if it cause I I was not bold enough to cheat. I just wasn't smart enough, I guess. But what what is the consequence? Is it possible that they get kicked out of the school? Do they just fail the grade? Like are there big, big, big consequences, or is it mostly yeah. you get an F on this assignment?
1: It depends on the, the assignment and the nature of the cheating. And, uh, you know, the higher the stakes assignment, the more serious the penalty. But, you know, at minimum, you're going to get a zero on whatever assignment that you've been found guilty for. And a zero on uh, a midterm or a final can pretty much tank your grade, especially if you... Consider an A minus to be a failing grade. I mean, you're, in, you're in B territory, so forget it. Just, just give up. Just, just be homeless. Right? There's no chance. Uh, but if it's if it's a big one, you know, if it's something that it's very obvious that you know we saw you with notes in the exam room, it's up to the professor to to, to say what the penalty is. And so the professor can say either an F on the assignment or uh, on the whole class. And you usually state that in your syllabus. So it can vary by professor. Ours is a zero on the assignment and escalation to the dean who will then decide if something else happens. But after two, you're supposed to get kicked out, I thought. You're supposed to get kicked out of the entire school. And we had a case where a student was caught cheating on two separate assignments in the same class, one month apart or so, and the student did not get kicked out. And that broke my confidence that the deans have our back in a way. Yeah. And yeah, I can't say much more about this, but it was very frustrating. And I think it comes back to the, I'm, I'm guessing here, but like the tuition. Yeah, thing. I was just like,
0: thinking that. Yep. Yeah. And,
1: and the amount of agony that it would be for that professor and that student or that, that, that uh, dean and then the parents will fight and then this and then that. And so they were like, ah, and you're like, really? Someone who cheats on, cheats, gets caught, gets told not to cheat, gets a zero on the assignment and then does it again? Really? It's, I I I mean
0: I would just be disheartened always I mean it's in that maybe it's too negative of me to say that but I would just feel like you know if 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 there are no consequences then what's the point in having rules and also you know well fine just start farming out as who cares you know it would just be hard to and then the kids who don't do that are the ones you don't remember and the ones that get overlooked and the ones who are just like I just want to earn an honest a those are the ones that yeah, it just sort of reinforces that life principle of like, no, there's not really consequences for cheating. You still get the A, and like you yeah. get to move on. That would ooh, yeah. that would make me crazy. Yeah. Okay. So they so it's the speaking to the the dean. Have you ever had a parent say, "I'm talking to the dean about you"? No. Oh, that's good.
1: I feel like now that I've said that, yeah, I'll that, knock wood. that might happen. Knock yeah, wood, like, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Not that I, not that I know of. We've we've had parents call in and be like, oh, I think the curriculum is too challenging or not challenging enough but it's not really about me
0: yeah it's just a general yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. have you taught so is is
0: uh nyu the only institution of higher learning that you've been you've been a professor or have you taught at other schools and have a comparative like you can say oh well if it's not as an expensive as much of a high price Mm. point for tuition the audience is or the students are different or have you only taught at nyu
1: I've so NYU and NYU Shanghai did have different admissions processes and they were quite different groups of types of students I would say just as far as you know NYU Shanghai is this kind of wild outpost on the other side of the world so a different sort of student chooses to travel to China, whatever Yeah. Um, but I, before that I was at Carnegie Mellon and then before that at Michigan but I at University of Michigan but I was only a TA so I didn't have full visibility but I did interact with the students quite a bit okay the the most recent and that's where I'm like, I don't know what's changed. It's it's definitely much worse than it ever was. Okay. But I'm also have only been teaching these huge classes for the last three years. Every other class I taught before that was 30 students. So maybe you just get more of the good, you know. It's like if the manager goes around and has a restaurant that's a size that every night he can say, or she, or they can say, how was your meal? And they say, oh, it was wonderful. Maybe the one bad one doesn't drive you as out of your mind. Sure. Whereas you know, you're not going to walk through a whole cafeteria. Like, now I just I just, I just, just feel like I'm just yelling. <laughs> just, sure. I'm like a flight attendant, and the passengers are unruly. I mean, I've never been a flight attendant. I'm sure it's much harder, but yeah, that's yeah. how it feels. Like, we just did the exam, and I just had to be like, I'm in a microphone, just like, stop writing. The time is up, and everyone's still scripting. Like, I'm losing my...
0: Oh, oh boy. Yeah, that would be... I'm
1: like a, a third-grade soccer coach sometimes. That's, <laughs> oh, I'm going to get fired. I, honestly, this whole thing might save me a choice. I'll just... I'll just let them kick me out.
0: Let's go. <laughs> we'll talk after. Um, okay. Ooh. So do you think that it's, well, I guess the sort of, you've already sort of answered this, but like, do you think it's it's uh, a conflict, the amount of power that the customers or the students or the people on the receiving end of the service or the situation, do you think it's d- uh, it's upsetting or weird how much power it seems like they now wield? And does it seem like it's more than it used to be? Or is it just society has shifted?
1: I think it's. I think the power has shifted a bit, but I and I don't know how much of that is, is the same in yeah. restaurants and other places where you can just take to Yelp and tank a business, right? Like yeah. we kind of all have more air quotes power in a way to be a, a huge pain and just drag someone on the internet. So so I don't know if if it's any more different or, or worse than than other industries. I think the expectations have changed from the purchaser, right? So it's it, when, when I was in college, I didn't, I didn't think I was paying tuition to get a good grade. I actually thought I was there to learn something. And, and I maybe I've, I really feel like a, an old person saying this and I just don't, again, I'm not hearing from those students who are there for the experience. I'm hearing from the students who are there for a bullet point on their resume that says this degree with this GPA. And so, so the expectation is, well, I'm paying this. I got in. I should get, I've bought the A, is almost how it feels.
0: That's what, I, that's what I'm hearing. I didn't, yeah, yeah. That's what it, that's, yeah.
1: Uh, it, but it's a similar mentality to what we are talking about with comedy shows, where someone says, well, if I don't like the show, do I get a refund? And you're like, well, no. no. You're buying the experience, and you've had the experience. Mm-hmm. Maybe So maybe there's a level of entitlement that's happening to all of us, where, you know... I mean, every now and again, you go to a movie that's horrible, and you can complain about it, but not really. I don't think you get a refund of the movies if you're like, I don't like it.
0: Yeah, there's an there is a I think sort of an unrealistic expectation that every experience exists exclusively for me. Even a group experience, yeah. it's like, no, no, but this is this is just for me. And it's like, well, if, yeah. if, if Jacob enjoyed it and Tina enjoyed it and you didn't, yeah. that doesn't mean the show was a failure. It just means, right. I mean, it's sort of, or it the, the clap. Yeah. Yeah. It's that idea that everything is meant to be for me all the time in all circumstances.
1: I don't know what That's that a is. Very good way to put it. Yeah. And I, I see that too, even in not in like kind of big, you're ruining my life complaints, but I wish we spent more time on this concept and less time on that concept. And it's like, well, I'm spending time on them in proportion to how important I think they are. And so good luck to you out there when you don't know this one big thing that I think is important because you wanted to learn more programming or whatever, right? It's like, yeah, you don't, this isn't a buffet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And I
0: guess, yeah. And look, there's certain contexts in which it's like, I can just express a desire, but that doesn't have to be. And my professor was bad. It can be like, oh man, I wish they had covered more about, apes because i really like apes right. but all they did was talk about ants but i guess ants are important whatever but ah bummer i wish i knew more about apes but it's like right yeah but you fine, you, fine. like you can express yeah. a preference but that doesn't mean then i'm coming for my professor and i want them to be fired right. and i want to blah 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 it's like well <laughs> i don't right. know that, that much to your point about a one yelp review can tank a business it's like yeah that's right. a little okay well so, and it's
1: it's not to say that i'm you know i, I don't want to sound I'm sort of maybe overcorrecting or, or sounding more callous to all of this. Like, I'm just so used to hearing the horrible stuff that it's not like, like, I do want to make sure that I'm teaching things that are useful. But of course. I do wish the students would occasionally acknowledge that, like, maybe because I'm doing all this consulting and I'm seeing what companies are really falling short on and they're looking for data scientists, you know, and it's like, well, I'm going to teach you these things that I specifically think the world needs. And I'm not just going to teach you crap because I don't feel like updating. I'm always going to update my syllabus. But it's, there's a kind of, antagonism. I don't know why I said it that way. There's a kind of antagonism. <laughs> antagonism. 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 Yeah, antagonism. <laughs> that the students sort of, like, assume I'm there to be against them when it's like, oh, I'm actually putting these things in the syllabus because I think they're important. And I'm open to being wrong, but the it's less the content of the, but it's like the tone. It's like, you're wronging me mm. by n- spending more time on measurement than on coding. And it's like, I'm telling you the whole world is doing data science wrong because they're skipping measurement and that's like it's true it's but well, the, the 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 sense is that i'm doing it to mess with them right and like ruin them
0: yeah us versus them is sort of the i, I do think there's a I mean, this is too hippie maybe to say, but there's a bit of an energy of that in our entire country in all areas as the like, no, everything's a fight. I got to muscle up for every moment as opposed to maybe this person knows a little more than I do. And also uh, I forgot that you coming from the consulting world, you're essentially telling them how to win in the job market because you're saying, like, (laughs) (laughs) learn these things, you'll get hired. Okay. What was the last straw that got you out of any of these jobs? Or like, I mean, I guess we've touched on some of it, but like, was there ever a job where you were like, flip a table, get me out of here, I'm done? Or was everything kind of at its own natural sort of of course end?
1: I don't have the self-esteem, really. <laughs> same. same. <laughs> to flip a table. The things same. I've left have been more because, like, the company folded. <laughs> yep,
0: same. <laughs> or, yeah.
1: The only one I really... Well, okay. The only one I really left was academia the first time. And I had tried to quit, and I couldn't. And I, I would go crawling back, or I'd say, ah, I'm sorry, it. maybe I could take a year. And, and I actually had an argument with my she had dean, she might've been a provost at NYU Shanghai uh, on the day of the final exam, the day before I quit my job where, this is so petty, but I was building this quantitative program in social science. And I was like, I wanna be the director of this program. And she said, well, you're too junior a faculty member. We need a senior faculty member to do this. And I was like, well, you were more than happy to let me spend the last two years not for extra pay, building the program, getting approval from the U.S. and Chinese government, speaking to all these people, setting up the curriculum, blah, 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 blah. You are more than happy to accept that. I would like to direct the program. And she was like, no. And I was like, that was like, I didn't, that was like, I'm out of here. Like that- that kind of was the seal no. the deal on something that I had been thinking about for years. But that was one of the big things that I that caused me out
0: to get out. Yeah, the universe was like, nah, nah, you got to get yeah. it. This, this ain't it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's- Immediately
1: after that meeting, I had to go proctor a, mid, uh, a final exam for my comparative politics class. And while my students took the exam, I just read this Lena Dunham essay about why she quit her job like a million years ago. <laughs> and I was like, if Lena can do it, I can. I can you know, do it. Obviously, <laughs> she's not. Everyone's favorite icon at the moment, but at the time sure. I was like, "Yes, I'm going to get out."
0: All you needed was just a little nudge, yeah. So, how yeah. long between after that conversation to quitting? What was the timeline?
1: It was like twelve hours. I damn, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I've been thinking about it sure. forever, and I'd already even sent some torturous emails that I backtracked on. But I was uh, immediately flew the next day. This was like mid December 2015 from Shanghai back to the U.S. for winter break and i was on the flight that that next day like that next morning from shanghai and i had a layover in la and on the flight to LA it's about a 10 hour flight i watched if you know how much detail you want on this i yeah. watched a couple episodes of the tv show fargo and it's it's obviously i mean i didn't actually finish it but the first few episodes all i could think about was how miserable these people looked in their like little lives that were i mean obviously they were about to all go through meat grinders and it's about to get horrible <laughs> but i was just like so focused on people who had chosen the safe path and how miserable they looked mm. that I like sat there and I drank all this like Delta Airlines boxed wine. <laughs> and I was like, I got to change my life. I got to get out of here. And so we landed in LA and I opened my email and I sent an email and I was like, I'm out. And, and so I don't recommend it. Sure. <laughs> sure, it was sure. exciting at the time. I drank a margarita in the basement of LAX. Like, what have I done? <laughs> uh, but it was, it was kind of fun.
0: That's amazing. You do have a story like that where you lit it up. That's great.
1: There you Uh, go. Yeah. Yeah. You did
0: it professionally with warning and like, you know, you did it the right way, but you did it.
1: You did it though. I mean, I still did it over email. Yeah.
0: It's it's a little gangster. (laughs) No,
1: it's gangster. It's gangster. It's like, this is happening. So
0: did you end up going back to Shanghai and getting your stuff or did you have it sent to you? Oh, you did go back. I did.
1: The, the, the tough thing about academia, one of the tough things is as far as how hard it is to quit is it works on such a long schedule that there's no... I mean, I guess I could give two weeks' notice, but I wrote that email and sent them out, meaning I would finish teaching the spring semester, so it meant I was out in, like, May 2016. So You're like, so professional. But like, right now, my conversation with NYU about my future is about starting in the fall 2023 term. So I'm still, regardless... Together, I mean, right? I guess I could go. I just don't know what would happen because it's just on such a slow schedule to figure sure. out, you know, how because cl- the classes go listed and then you're there. I don't know what the contract is. Maybe I could quit. Anyway, yeah. I went back to collect my things and teach an entire other course.
0: <laughs> <Or, you laughs> nah, no, but you're thinking the whole time, like, we broke up. I can do whatever yeah, I like, want. Like, house. I'm eating this yeah. spaghetti with this person over here. Have you ever told a customer, student, anyone to, like, F off or, like, in a some sort of polite way of, like, nah, you're not going to win this one? Or has it all been just kind of like you have to tiptoe and do the dance?
1: I've gone a few times, I've had to go with students either in, in meetings or in email to say, I almost feel like a, like a stern parent where I'm just like, that's the end of the conversation. Like, it's over. We're done. And, and it sucks to have to go there. But yeah. you, I've even had students where they're like, you know, arguing over a point for the homework and they're like, and it's a multiple choice question that they got wrong. And they're like, well, it could have been this other thing. And you're like, ah, okay. And one time I had a student, this years ago, one student was just like, come on, it's one point. And I was like, "Yeah, it's one point that this you missed." Like you're not, yeah. Oh, but Ooh. yeah. So I usually have to be like, "We could," you know, more diplomatic. Like I consider this, the I consider the matter closed. This is the end of the discussion. Mm-hmm. I, I almost never. I try not to go there, but sure. you have to do you
0: run into anything with like so because you're doing stand-up and you said you know you can talk you're talking about your life so your storytelling do you ever run into a thing where you're like yo I'm up at the cellar and then you see a student walk in and you're like that student's about to find out how I really feel about them
1: yeah have you had that <laughs> I've had students in shows before but they've all luckily been former students uh, or students who are in the program but not in my class okay and and so, no, it's, it is a little bit embarrassing because I, like, sell tickets on the street sometimes. And so then students see that, and they're like, what? Why are you... <laughs> so that's actually more embarrassing than being on stage. On stage, I like to think that it's... I, I like to think that people think I'm doing a caricature. And I am to an extent. I'll be like, I don't care about these students. I don't da, 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 da. And, and, and I'm, I'm exaggerating some of it, and so I like to think that they're in on the joke, but... I mean, yeah, I'm not making it up. <laughs>
0: it's coming <laughs> from somewhere. You're like, but this happened. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I I wrote a note to myself because I don't have a question that would like force this kind of conversation, but I really want to know about being a champagne girl. And so like yes. these, so they would just buy, they being the club or would they be patrons? They would buy a hundred bottles of champagne. Mm-hmm. And then the expectation was you were the sparkler person that was like bringing it out and whatever. And you would do this in a group but was it the whole night of just rotating those hundred bottles every every so often? Or what did that look like?
1: It was very bizarre. It was, we would call it a blackout. So in Shanghai, it's, it at the time, was a very big deal to like show off your wealth in a way that in the US, like you just don't. And so it was almost, I think it was always Chinese clients who would come in and they'd have like a big, you know, like bottle service kind of area of the club with seats and whatever, and it would usually be early on in the night. And they would say, this only happened like four or five times over two years. And they would say, you know, we want the 100 bottles. We want the blackout. And so the whole club, we'd be like, okay. And the whole club would go dark and the DJ would have to play some very specific, like ominous music. And then Eye of the Tiger would come on like. Yes, dun, 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 so glad I asked. Dun, dun, dun. I think yes. that's, I, I'm, not, yes. I'm not bad at music. Anyway, and we'd all come out in our parade and we'd carry as many as we could. And then a tr- you know train of servers behind us. And my understanding, I always wondered what happened to the 100 bottles. We bring out like 10. And I think the servers would kind of keep the rotation going. But my understanding was that meant that one thing you could do was save it for the next time you came. And so you kind of did it for the big show. And then yeah, a month later, you're entertaining some other group. And so you bring them and you have the rest of the bottles waiting for you, I think. Or frankly, these people had so much money, it might've just been they would do it for the show drink 10 or 12 and then never do anything with the rest
0: can, honestly can, I think you imagine, a lot. can you imagine can you imagine Crazy! It's the, the wretched excess like i just i don't want to make it about that but that's i anyway but being the champagne person you like so you're doing the sparklers you're doing the whatever at that stage were you also at the like i'm gonna eat some fire and really ramp this up or was it just sparklers
1: just sparklers for that. Okay. So we had the club had kind of a big stage in the middle of it and then a bunch of smaller podiums around where you sort of do smaller acts. And then if you were on the ground doing the champagne show with clients, you were just drinking and saying cheers and, and doing whatever. And so we got to the point though, because we would come down from stage exhausted and they'd be like, Champagne show. And you have to run to the back and you're out of breath. So we started calling champagne our Gatorade because we're, <laughs> you know, like worn out. I'm like, I need to Gatorade. I'm like, oh champagne show, great. So we would just, you know, the the idea was for the clients to feel, or the customers, I don't know what the word is, karen in Chinese. Okay. Yeah. And to feel very special that we were like with them. So then we would do that for a bit and then we'd go back and then be on stage again and do our actual act. So we never did any fire or anything. We would just be in costumes so they could take pictures and, wow. and stuff like that. But we would get told if our podium was near one of the big spenders, we would get told to interact with them more than usual from those little things. And uh, I mean, people are dumb and, you know, they try to climb on the trapeze and they try to like wrap themselves in the silks and they try to take the fire. You're like, just stop it. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> You're going to die. Yeah. You're going to die. Yeah, you this are going to happen.
0: And yeah. so could you give us a uh, U.S. dollars equivalent to how much a night like that would pull in for you personally? Like, what would you leave Oof. with?
1: What would I leave with? Yeah. 800 kwai, which is at the time probably about $120. US. Also not a lot. I thought way Not more. Like, wow. No, you'd think. we Sometimes they'd give us tips, but generally the club made a ton of money yeah. and no one else did. I mean, it wasn't like a stripper thing where you go and you get money every time you go around. Like it yeah. was maybe once or once or twice a week someone would give you a, one of those 100 quies that I was talking about. So barely anything, frankly. Damn. Um,
0: I'm shocked. Yeah. I thought for sure yeah. you were going to be like, oh, we were rolling in like $100 nah. every minute. Like we were pulling... Nope. That's crazy no.
1: but yeah. you still you Someone did it everyone made a lot of money yeah it wasn't one
0: money. you but it was for yeah. love of the game you were like I just like it performing was, yeah. and this is okay
1: it was also pretty great because I mean it did make a big difference for me financially because I had my day job at NYU and so at NYU Shanghai and so this was just bonus money for got me. it and and maybe I, others who for whom the, everyone, most everyone else it was their primary job and so maybe they got paid more but I was on a kind of contract where it was 800 a night. And so, and it was all cash, you know, they'd give it to you in a big, creepy envelope. And so it's not taxed, like, by anybody. And it was just bonus, you know, an extra 120 bucks a day to do whatever you want for something that I was thrilled to be doing was mm, play awesome. my, Yeah, that's and the I deal. You
0: yeah. would have done it for free kind of thing. Yeah, I get yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm aware of the time, and I, I know we lose you soon, so I want to make sure we get the questions that, the, that everybody wants to hear. So, are you a tipper? Yes. Okay, what's your yeah. average? I tip a lot. You do?
1: 25%. Damn. I get, I get bad. I get at restaurants. I get bad at it when it comes to like cafes and stuff where there's like sure. a tip jar and then if it's like if it's a local cafe versus a Starbucks. Like I'm not universally amazing but sure. I try 25 if I'm sitting in a restaurant. Probably 20 for like a Lyft Uber situation. Have when you, I get my haircut, it's a free for all. I just make up a number. I don't know. <laughs> You're like That's here's just idea. money. <laughs> here's just here it I is. I don't
0: know. Okay. Yeah. How many bodily fluids have been on your person whilst you were working customer service? Oh. All of them. All of them. Yeah, that's what I figured. All of them. Okay.
1: We we've had people, you know, at the club throw up everywhere because they drank too much of their hundred bottles of champagne, and yeah. I was one of the few people who spoke some Chinese and English. The so people either spoke only Chinese or only English, so they would be like, "Go up to her, find out where she's from," and you have to like <laughs> step through barf to get. Anyway, yeah.
0: We why um, find out where she's from.
1: Well, like it's, so I find out where she's from in the sense of like to put her in a cab and go home, not like from what country. Oh, you're from. <laughs> yeah, bless. Like, if she French or English, then we'll help her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, like which which part of the city? How to or like who how do we get
0: like, this back? person home? Oh, how bless. We, yeah. Okay. Have you ever been fired from a customer service job?
1: Not fired, but I wasn't asked. I eventually stopped being asked back at a comedy club, uh, and so I kind of considered it a firing. It was, it was like to sell tickets, though, not to, like, perform.
0: Okay, because it was just not... Yeah. Work. Did you hate the job?
1: I didn't love the job. I am working through... Comedy is a totally fucked up industry, as I'm sure you uh, mm-hmm. know too well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was... This particular club, so it was, like, kind of rumored that they wanted people who were... I'm a little bit upset about it. Who were... Pe- who They wanted to book people in their, like, barking, selling, hosting pipeline who really wanted to make a full-time career in comedy... And I was seen as not committed enough to be worth that investment because I was doing other things. Because you have to pay your
0: bills, because you have a life, because that's cool. Right. That feels good. Right.
1: So I'm now at a different club around the corner. And I actually, from the beginning, I was like, I do other things. And they were like, great that means that you do comedy because you love it. We're thrilled to have you. And I was like, thank you. That's very nice. That's a good, who knows? Maybe they just thought I wasn't funny. That could also be the case. Not
0: true. You're Yeah.
1: Not fired, but that's because there's no paperwork in comedy. It's
0: yeah. Turns out if (laughs) only there were, if only there were comedy HR, things would be different. Yeah. Okay. um, Do you ever not tip? I know you said cafes and stuff. It's not like, it's not an active choice. It's just whatever. But is there an incident where you're like, oh, I am not tipping this person.
1: (sighs) Not in a like, service was so bad i won't do it of something i'm ashamed of and i'm gonna get in trouble is if i'm performing at a club uh you know you get a drink ticket sometimes because that's how you get paid in comedy and i would go redeem it for whatever a can of beer and i wouldn't tip it didn't occur to me to tip because i was like i'm working here you're working here and then i realized like two years in that all the other comics were tipping like a dollar whatever because you're a decent person and so i was like oh i'm a real dick so there was a long stretch where I was like if I'm working I'm not going to tip someone else who's working here and I should have been I think because it's (laughs) It's such a great because as,
0: as someone yeah. who worked at a comedy club, we used to like comics uh, who would get those free t- drink tickets, depending on the level of the show, would rarely tip us. And then we would mm. name shame those comics and be like, did so and so tip you? It's like, yeah, no, so and so didn't tip me either. And blah, blah,
1: blah. And yeah. so I'm sure they did that to me. Maybe that's why I got fired. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it.
0: Yeah. But but that but I get it. Your I mean, it point is but it also your point yeah. is right that I hadn't thought of. It's like, well, we are both working. So it is an interesting I think it's because we had so many like ridiculously famous comics that we would serve that would give yeah. us crazy tips that we just we got greedy and it was like well yeah. everybody should be tipping us but I didn't think about it it's like we are all at a job it's a weird job we are all at yeah. a job okay and, and I wasn't
1: ordering like uh, you know handmade yeah.
0: martini with a muddler or like I still whatever. feel bad yeah. about it yeah. yeah that's okay and it
1: only occurred because someone came up to me and they're like do you have like any singles i want to tip the bartender and i was like what for it <laughs> was like you gotta get it together man I'm like,
0: oh, Shit, you're being honest though i yeah. do appreciate honesty here that's yeah. good yeah. you learned you learned and you're doing better and that I'm what learning. we're all trying yeah. to do yeah that's what we're all trying to do okay so last question in this section who is the either the interaction with the worst customer you've ever had to or worst whatever clients student, whatever or an archetype of who the worst actually is. And you've touched on it. You've said, you know, the entitled, the, the can't hear no, those kinds of people. So for mm-hmm. sure that. But what's the, do you have an incident or a story that would answer that?
1: I mean, the only other one that I haven't really gotten to, there's the complaining ones that kind of just break my soul. But <laughs> I, I've had the ones where it's, they're not complaining, but they're, you know, usually male or I assume masculine identifying students who come in and they just, like, they sit too close to you and they, like, make jokes and they think that you're insider friends with each other. I had a student who, after lecture, would hang out thinking that we had, like, private let's chat. Like, he would be like, here's my thoughts on the lecture and what are you thinking? think? And then I'd be like, I have to go. And he'd be like, oh, I'll walk you to your next thing. So I would lie about what <laughs> building I had to go to just to... Nothing, like, actual, like, Me Too sexual harassment. Nothing like that. But it was it was weird enough that I was just like, leave me alone, man. Like... So it's like the ones, and I feel like in saying this, I'm like, no, the the nice students aren't going to come talk to me because they're going to be like, well, if you're nice, uh, Andrew doesn't like you. And if you're mean, Andrew doesn't like you. But it's like, they're, they would get too, like, we're not friends, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then they'll email me long after the semester's over and be like, we should catch up. He's like, we shouldn't.
0: We shouldn't. Actually. Yeah. That's not what this is, <laughs> Yeah,
1: actually. And I don't want to make it weird and I don't want to assume and I, it's never anything that I would even think i needed to report but there's been stuff where it's like gone far enough that i'm like i might need to report this and Ooh, then
0: that doesn't know. feel good uh, yeah yeah okay
1: not not much very rare but that's that's that's,
0: that's honest you you've been yeah. honest this whole time appreciate it okay there
1: we go what if i was like i made it all up i've never been a teacher in my life you
0: know what i'd be like you are the best actor and i can't wait to see you in an yeah. audition room and you're gonna crush it and get the part over me yeah. so maybe i don't want to see you in an audition room yeah because i believe <laughs> it okay folks yeah. we're gonna move on to the good stuff we hoped you saved room for dessert Okay, this is a nice section. So All right. what is the nicest thing a customer or a student or whomever has done for you whilst you were working?
1: I got a card from a student. Maybe I have some recency bias here, but I got a card from a student uh, from several semesters ago, somewhat recently. And she said, you said at the beginning of your class, Data Science for Everyone, that the reason you teach this class is to encourage people who wouldn't otherwise get involved in data science to get involved in data science. And I wanted to tell you that I am one of those students and I would not be in data science if it weren't for you. And because of your class, I've now done these other things and I'm doing this and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Oh, me so too. It was like, <laughs> yeah. Like I get thank you notes and, and really nice things from students. So I'm, I'm obviously that's less interesting as we haven't talked about it at length. But I do get every semester a handful of those. But this was a really particularly moving one because it was like, you know, the thing that you said was most important,
0: like <sighs> you did it. Oh, so nice. that yeah. is really lovely. That's really lovely. Yeah. Who's the, your favorite customer you ever interacted with? We don't mean, we're not going to include students because I feel like that would get too obvious. So what's yeah. like, uh, do you remember uh, like when you were lifeguarding or when you were being the champagne person or whatever Your did you have like a favorite customer moment where you're like, oh, this person sticks out so hard for me? Mm.
1: <sighs> I mean, <laughs> this is so cr- so bad, but in the circus, it was, anyone who just wasn't creepy like if they were just like oh hi you're a human i'm going to treat you with respect great the Not bar is like so low. i'm gonna grab your ass i'm gonna like yeah. make you drink too much i'm gonna do this and i think that you're blah 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 yeah. just just like oh hey how are you yeah. thanks for being here wow that's so depressing
0: the bar is so low no but
1: it's honest the bar is So low.
0: The, honest. there's one
1: other at perkins I had a whole table, a huge, huge tray for huge, and I stepped out of the kitchen, dropped the entire tray, just all over everything, you know, 10 people, just massive. And a different table that I was also serving of like three people saw it all happen. And a few minutes later, I was like over kind of regrouping. And she came up. I mean, I was in high school. She was probably 70. She came up and she gave me a hug and she was like, I think you're doing great. And I was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) That's really lovely. There's there's something from the 1998 vault for you. Yeah, I like that vault. Okay,
0: that's that's positive. Okay, Um, what's the best tip you've ever gotten whilst you're doing any of these jobs? And I mean like a cash tip.
1: Yeah, not like good advice. Not good advice or good (laughs) advice, whatever. Yeah, good advice. I probably got, every now and again, you'd get these monster ones at Circus and I probably got maybe like $500. Woo! Yeah, I mean once okay in, in a lot of doing this but yeah
0: you can dine out on that for a minute though i, I that yeah. would that would carry think me through it would be
1: higher given how many bottles of champagne they're buying but uh you would have it
0: you would think that mm. and how much fire you well you didn't eat fire in that job mm. but anyway okay and what's the best lesson you have personally learned from working in customer service of any kind
1: hmm i would say okay i have two Is two allowed?
0: yes please All right.
1: All right. (laughs) The first one, the bigger one is whenever I did circus, people would always ask me, yeah, but what do you really do? And what's your actual job? And what is what are you trying to get to? And at the time, I wasn't trying to get to anything. If anything, I was that was my main thing. And I did teaching because I kind of felt like I couldn't get out of it. And I always felt bad answering and saying, well, I'm a professor. And they'd be like, wow, oh, my God, because my colleagues were circus performers full time. And if anything, I was the imposter and I aspired to be like them. And so I would often lie and say, this is what I do. And so just because something isn't something you think is a full-time job or respectable or whatever, it doesn't mean that they're doing it to get to something else. And then the other one, the lesser one, is I sell comedy tickets on the street and it just sucks when people, like, I know I'm being annoying, but it's the people who, like, ignore you rather than are like, no, nah, thanks. Like, I really appreciate when people are like, no, thanks. And it's not. And so I try to like when people try to talk to me about, you know, supporting the environment on the street, I try to at least acknowledge that they're human or like almost unhoused people and, and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, it's a minor one, but it's like there's a lot of people on the street who are not doing well. Hmm. Say hi. It's OK. <laughs>
0: yeah. And this, I mean, I don't actually yeah. think it's that minor. And I do think every time I see those types of people, I do ignore that, not the unhoused, but like the, you know, the people handing out flowers and was like, ugh, go away, get on my face. Yeah. But I mean, there is something to be said for no thank you, or at least acknowledging that it is a human doing a job that maybe isn't goals. Like, I don't know how much handing right. shit out on street, the street is someone being like, I've made it. This is really what I want to do. Maybe right. it is. Maybe it is. Right. But I doubt right. it. And what is one piece of advice you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers?
1: I mean, maybe this is what everyone says on this show, but like, we're all humans and mostly don't mean any harm. Mm. We're, we're probably just trying to either do a job that we're, that we're doing to, to pay bills or, or to like be to the next step, as I said. Or it's something you really love doing and it's your life's calling and you're very excited. Either way, we all actually want to have a good experience. Like, we're not your enemy.
0: Mm. I love that. Well, is there anything else you wish that people knew, um, you know, that you're like, boy, if I had an opportunity to just say this thing, whether it be in academia or customer service or whatever, mm. or, you know, no pressure to answer this, you've, got, you've given us a lot. But. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'll, I'll lean towards academia on this one. And I, I think I need to remind this to myself, too, is that learning can be very fun and it's certainly very rewarding but the process of learning things can also be very unpleasant in the sense that you need to go out of your comfort zone and you're going to feel bad at something. And that's true whether you're trying to like get into comedy or set yourself on fire or learn data science. And if it feels bad, that's not necessarily a sign that you're doing it wrong. Mm, Because I think a lot of times you're like, this is hard. This must not be the field for me. It's like, no, no, no. Like you're going to feel great just keep going. And that's probably horrible advice because there's plenty of circumstances where you should stop. But I think that there's, we're used to being told that learning is like this great thing. And so if it feels bad, it feels wrong. And I don't think that's true. My, my friend and I do this after comedy shows, like we'll bomb on stage and we'll be like, well, these are the shows where you get better. Like you, you don't, you learn more from the bad ones, right? And I think you can learn from assignments that you don't do well on, uh, just as much as the ones you do do well.
0: I love that. No one has ever said that. I really love that. Well, but it's, yeah, it doesn't right. always have to be comfy. I really appreciate that. Well, Andrea, how can people get in touch with you? Can they take a class of yours online? Can you, can people do like, you know, drop in classes, even if they're not registered with NYU? Where are you next playing with fire? Like right. what can people I know you said you do less of that in New York. So what's the how do people get eyes on you?
1: I mean, every now and again, I, I do fire on my porch and I'll yeah. uh, <laughs> keep you posted. <laughs> I did some Zoom fire shows uh, oh, yeah. in the pandemic. That was fun. I, uh, yeah, alas, you can't drop in, but you're welcome to apply to NYU and and cough up some tuition money and take my (laughs) class. I'm looking into putting some of my teaching content online. I don't like the word content. I feel like that's, I don't know. That feels too general. Sure, I'm, I'm, eh, cut all this, right? I'm trying to put my (laughs) teaching material online. Okay. uh, YouTube or whatever, um, because I do think that everyone can get involved. Uh, Otherwise, you can find me on all the social medias. I post videos about social and data science on TikTok, and I'm at Jones Roy on all those things. J-O-N-E-S-R-O-O-Y.
0: Is there a dash or anything or it's all just one word?
1: All one word. Okay, yeah. perfect. Perfect well yeah, fo- jonesroy.com all one word no dash amazing
0: well folks we're going to drop your checks now thank you so much for listening if you want to help us out here at service from hell we'd love to have you subscribe rate and or review the show wherever you listen it will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and will be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry if you want to get in touch with us here directly at service from hell send us your receipts to service from hell podcast at gmail.com we love to hear from you remember if you can't afford a tip you can't afford to go out so don't be garbage and be good to people it's easier that way Thanks for being on, Andrea. You gave us so much of your time. This was so lovely. You totally understood the assignment. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks
1: for having me. This was very cathartic to, uh, <laughs> to talk about.
0: What a pleasure. Okay, folks, thank you so much for listening. Good night. Well, folks, that's going to wrap up our two-part interview with Andrea Jones-Roy. It was such a pleasure. We learned so much and we could have kept going. So find them on all of the things. Thank you folks so much for listening. Good night.